Chapter Six of Vicky Van by Carolyn Wells. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Six, Vicky's ways. Chester Calhoun, get up this minute. There's a reporter downstairs. A reporter. My sleepy eyes opened to find Winnie pounding my shoulder as it humped beneath the blanket. Hey, what? I grunted, trying to collect my perceptions a reporter if winnie had said a bengal tiger she couldn't have looked more terrified great scott when i remember clear out i'll be down in a minute i dressed in record time and went downstairs in three leaps in the library i found aunt lucy wearing an expression that she might have shown if the garbage man had asked her to a dance but winnie was eagerly drinking in the story poured forth by the said reporter who was quite evidently enjoying his audience oh chet this is mr bemis of the meteor he's telling us all about the you know what happened winnie was too timid to say the word murder and i was sorry she had to hear the awful tale from any one but myself however there was no help for it now and i joined the group and did all i could to bring aunt lucy's eyebrows and nose down to their accustomed levels but it was an awful story make the best of it and the truth had to be told it is appalling conceded aunt lucy at length but the most regrettable circumstance to my mind is your connection with the tall chester now auntie have a little heart for poor mrs schuyler and those old lady sisters also for the man himself oh i have chet i'm not inhuman but those things are in the papers every day and while one feels a general sympathy it can't be personal if one doesn't know the people but for you to be mixed up in such matters i wasn't mixed up in it aunt lucy except as i chose to mix myself and i've no doubt i should have gotten into it anyway mr bradbury will have a lot to do with it i'm sure i'm no better than he to mix in in a business way yes but you were there socially where a murder was committed aunt lucy could have shown no more horror of it all if i had been the convicted criminal and i'm glad i was i cried losing a little patience if i can be of any help to the schuyler people or to miss van allen i shall be willing to do all i can but miss van allen is the the murderer and aunt lucy whispered the word don't say that i cried sharply you don't know it at all and there's no reason to condemn the girl i paused bemis was taking in my every word with a canny understanding of what i said and also of what i didn't say where do your suspicions stand mr calhoun he said smoothly frankly mr bemis i don't know i am an acquaintance of miss van allen and i cannot reconcile the idea of crime with her happy gentle nature nor can i see any reason to suspect the waiter who first told of the matter but might not some person some enemy of mr schuyler have been secreted in the house a plausible theory agreed bemis even an obvious one but almost no chance of it i've seen the caterers people and they were in charge of the basement rooms and the dining-room all the evening unless it were one of the guests at the party i think no intruder could have gotten in well i returned uneasily for i wished he would go it isn't up to us to invent theories or to defend them i will answer your necessary questions but pardon me if i remind you that i am a busy man and i haven't yet had my breakfast 
bemis took the hint and after a string of definite and pertinent questions he left winnie tried to detain him but my curt courtesy made it difficult for him to linger oh chessie cried my sister as soon as bemis had gone it's awful i know but isn't it exciting hush winnie reproved aunt lucy a girl of your age should know nothing of these things and i want you to put it out of your mind you can be of no help and i do not want your nerves disturbed by the harrowing details that's all right aunt lucy i put in but this is going to be a celebrated case and winnie can't be kept in ignorance of its developments now be a good sort auntie accept the inevitable try to realize that i must do what seems to me my duty and if that brings us more or less into the limelight of publicity it is a pity but it can't be helped i agree to all that chester dear but you are so mixed in it socially why did you ever get into that set it isn't a bad set aunt lou it isn't a fast set by any means you wouldn't see winnie or me there no but a decent man goes to places where he wouldn't take his women people now let up auntie trust your good-for-nothing nevy and just do all you can to help by doing nothing i'll help you jessie cat i'll do exactly as you tell me if you'll only let me know about it and not treat me like a baby said winnie who was wheedlesomely assisting my breakfast arrangements she sugared and creamed my cereal and as i dispatched it she buttered toast and poured coffee and deftly sliced off the top of a soft-boiled egg i managed to eat some of these viands between answers to their rapid-fire volley of questions and at last i made ready to go downtown and remember i said as i departed if a lot of gossipy old hens come around here to-day or your chicken friends winnie don't tell them a thing let em get it from the papers or apply to information or any old way but don't you two give out a line of talk see i kissed them both and started off of course i went over to vicky van's first i had been on the proverbial pins and needles to get there ever since i woke to consciousness by reason of the sisterly pounding that brought me from the land of dreams the house had an inhabited look and when i went in i was greeted by the odour of boiling coffee come right down here called mrs reeves from the basement i went down passing the closed dining-room door with a shudder two or three policemen were about in charge of things generally but none whom i knew they had been relieved for the present you're still here i said a little inanely yes returned mrs reeves who looked tired and wan i stayed you know but i couldn't sleep any i lay down on the music-room couch but i only dozed a few minutes at a time i kept hearing strange sounds or imagining i did and the police were back and forth till nearly daylight downstairs they were i didn't bother them but they knew i was in the house if if vicky should come home her face was wistful and her eyes very sad i looked my sympathy you liked her i know she went on but everybody most has turned against her since they found the man was randolph schuyler all sympathy is for him and his widow they all condemn vicky you can scarcely blame them i began but she interrupted i do blame them they've no right to accuse that girl unheard the waiter oh yes i know the waiter well don't let's quarrel about it i can't stay here much longer though i made coffee and got myself some breakfast 
but honest mr calhoun it pretty nearly choked me to eat sandwiches that had been made for last night's surprise supper i should think it would didn't any rolls come or milk you know i didn't see any well i'll go home this morning but i shall telephone up here every little while the police will stay here i suppose yes for a day or two do you think vicky will come back i don't know she'll have to sooner or later i tried to make myself sleep in her room last night but i just couldn't so i stayed in the music-room i thought i suppose it was foolish but i thought maybe she might telephone she'd hardly do that i don't know it's impossible to say what she might do oh the whole thing is impossible think of it mr calhoun where could that girl have gone alone at midnight in that gorgeous gown no hat or wrap how do you know that i don't not positively but if she had put on wraps and gone out by either door she would surely have been seen by someone in the house i'm just sure she didn't go out by the front street door for we in the living-room must have noticed her and she couldn't have gone out by the area door for there were waiters all about down here we were sitting in the front basement room a pleasant enough place evidently a servant's sitting-room before mrs reeves on the table were the remnants of her scarce-tasted breakfast as she had said the tiny sandwiches and rich salad which she had procured from the unused stores of the caterer's provision did seem too closely connected with the tragedy to be appetizing the kitchen is back of this i asked yes and dumb-waiters in the dining-room i confess i've looked about a bit i'm not a prying woman but i felt i was justified you certainly are mrs reeves i said warmly for she was thoroughly good-hearted and a staunch friend of vicky van have you learned anything illuminating no but things are queer queer how well you wouldn't understand a man couldn't but it's this way lots of potted meats and jars of jams and cans of tea and coffee and cocoa in the pantry but no fresh meat or green vegetables about no butter in the ice-box and no eggs or bacon well what does that imply i'm no housekeeper i admit it looks to me as if vicky was leaving this morning i mean as if she had expected to go away to-day and so had no stuff on hand to spoil perhaps this is her market-day no it's queer that's what it is you know sometimes vicky does go away for days at a time hasn't she a right to of course she has i'm thinking it out where does she go and wherever it is that's where she is now mrs reeves triumphant air seemed to settle the question but all that isn't queer my dear lady i said we all know vicky van gads about a lot i've telephoned her myself twice and she wasn't here once julie answered and once there was no response of any sort yes i suppose that's the case she was going away on a visit to-day maybe and so had little food on hand to be disposed of a good housekeeper would look after that of course it wouldn't be vicky's doing but julie's the housekeeper is a treasure she could run a hotel if she wanted to then perhaps i mused aloud vicky ran away and went to the place wherever it is that she expected to visit to-day oh i don't know this is all merely conjecture and too 
how could she in that dress no she has gone to some friend in town she must have done so a hotel wouldn't take her in why mrs reeve's voice broke you know that waiter said there there was blood on vicky's gown do you believe that if we believe him at all why shouldn't we believe the whole tale i don't know vicky van you understand except as a casual friend i mean i know nothing of her family her past or her personality except as i've seen her in a friendly way i like her thoroughly but i can't honestly say that i know her who does nobody all her friends say the same thing she is lovely and dear but never confidential or communicative regarding herself wherever she went julie must be with her i suggested i don't know i dare say that is so but how on earth could two women get out of this house without its being known and yet they did whether alone or together they both got away last night you don't think they're still concealed in the house oh no of course not after the search we made i can't help thinking they'll turn up to-day julie anyway why miss van allen must come back or send back for her valuables i saw jewelry and money in the dressing-room yes but of course they're safe enough they're all in care of the police we were interrupted by the entrance of a policeman and a woman who had come to work she says the policeman addressed mrs reeves that she was expected here to-day to clean now we can't let her disturb things much but she'd better wash up a little and throw away some of the supper stuff that won't keep everybody seemed to look to mrs reeves as a sort of proxy housekeeper and i wondered what they would have done without her though i suppose they would have managed yes indeed was her glad response let her tidy up these breakfast things i've used and there are some cups and plates in the kitchen for i gave those poor policemen some food long bout three o'clock this morning and she can throw out the melted ice cream it's no good to anybody and it surely isn't evidence i determined to ask the working woman some questions but the police forestalled me farrell came down and joined us and spoke to her at once good morning mrs flaherty don't you do anything now but just what you're told to do and first tell us a thing or two how often do you come here i've seen you in and out now and again yes i do be comin when i'm sent for not of a regular day maybe once a week maybe oftener then again not for a fortnight just as i said declared mrs reeves vicky often goes away for days at a time sure she does that miss van allen is here to-day and gone to-morrow but miss julie she looks after me work so she does she engages you when you are needed i asked yes sir there's a telephone in my husband's shop and if any one calls me he lets me know when did they tell you to come here to-day twas yesterday sir miss julie she sends word for me to come this mornin to clane as they do be havin a party last night ah that this trouble should come there now mrs flaherty never mind your personal feelings we're in a hurry farrell was busy making notes of the information he was getting and i could well understand that any side light on vicky's home life was of importance so i tarried to listen how long have you worked for miss van allen a matter of a year or more you clean the rooms upstairs sometimes all over the house 
many's the time i've swept and vacuumed miss van allen's own bedroom and boudoir and likewise the music-room and parlour and all yes sir i'm here frequent what other servants does miss van allen employ nobody that lives in cept in miss julie but there's the laundry woman as comes though more often the wash goes out then there's a chore boy as runs errands and sometimes a sewin woman and often the caterer man's the goes yes and a boy a buttons you know to open the door for say an afternoon party you see miss van allen is all visitin so much she don't want steady help where does she visit that i don't know but go she does and i'm thinking it's good times she has for she comes back chipper and merry and glad to see her friends and then all of a sudden up and off again i knew that was vicky van's habit all that the woman said corroborated my idea of the little butterfly's frivolous life so why should she keep permanent servants if she was at home only half the time i knew the troubles aunt lucy had with her menials and i approved of vicky's wisdom and that explains the empty ice-box mrs reeves was saying nodding her head in satisfaction vicky meant to go off to-day after the house was put in order and she didn't want a lot of food left to spoil yes mum agreed mrs flaherty shall i wash them dishes now mum and she was allowed to set to work End of chapter six